One, two, one, 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 two. We, we are family. Yes, I was saying 60s, no, it's 70s. 70s? So is it is it about companionship and friendship and saying your friends are your family? It's about sisterhood and family relations. One, one. It's a tight bond. It's, it's actually got really good lyrics. Great, great, great beat, easy to dance. Really? Right. Yeah, I know the beat is easy to dance. I never could get the lyrics out. Oh, my goodness, this table is getting um, pretty full. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and they look so alike, don't they? They do. Yes, brother. We're kind of full capacity, so I think I think we're good. If people turn up, they turn up. No, I'm not getting them there. I don't want them here anyway. <laughs> they want, they so, can't. Antonia, this yeah. is Paul. I don't want them here anyway. Hello, Antonia. This is Wendy. Hello. And this is Antonia. So, we'll call you Sister Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> you know who I'm referring to. All churches. All right. <laughs> God. So, I think we should start because we're running a little bit behind. So, let's go. Um, it's a bit noisy. It's all good. Okay. Welcome everyone, we're here at the Curve Garden on a beautiful sunny Tuesday morning and today we're going to explore our relationship with nature but as with all our parallel radio conversations, who knows where the conversation will go. So why don't we just start by going round the table anti-clockwise and say who we are and maybe a little introduction to how maybe our relationship with nature has changed in the past year. Hi everybody, my name's Hyacinth Myers. Um, my relationship with nature, I love nature actually. Um, it's actually changed because I've not been able to get out to some of the places that I normally would have this year, but it's been... Um, really insightful in a way because I've had to make do with local spaces. Okay. I'm uh, Donald Tutera of Manor House and for decades I lived across the street from Finsbury Park across the road. It's only because of lockdown that, that I discovered the beauties and wonders of the park and especially the, the, the pond life, the birds there. Uh, uh, with with whom I have bonded deeply uh, during the past 16 months. Charles Kokori of Wilsdale. My closeness with nature now is quite it's changed drastically because I'm much more closer, actually, with guard, gardening. When I was younger, I was too sort of um, not too much keen on gardening. I used to play football in the garden, so I don't too much. Better. But nowadays, I sort of get even closer to the the nature itself, plants flowers and so on and so forth, and much more eager to know much more about nature. Hello everybody, good afternoon to everybody here. I'm Paulina, Auntie P, Sister P, whatever. But 
my nature is just tree and whatever not. But when it comes to the ground root and all that, me don't like worm and I don't like all these things. So now I'm involved in um, carrying my, a bit of thing for scratch. So if you want any scratching to do, I charge 50p and you'll be all right, okay? Thank you. To the world. <laughs> Anthony, are you lost? You're lost. Well, stay lost. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Antonia. I'm, I'm so privileged to be living around three parks. Uh, Millfield Park, one across the road, one in front of me, and one on the other side. And every morning, I'm woken up by birds singing. And, and it's just... It's just uh, incredible to see the beauty of of what God has created because I, I believe it's, 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 it's not man-made though we try but it, it is not it is it is somebody be beyond our you know thinking that sun will come you know just keep on evolving I'm amazed and I'm enthralled every day I see new things and I, you know, I'm so, so privileged to be alive. And you know, lockdown has done something. It's made us to go back to, to uh, what do you call it? To the foundation, to the beginning, to the beginning, to know that, you know, everything that is given us is, is free. And we can, you know, we can do things. People now are cooking. Be they're going from scratch instead of just going on the shelf and buying things that you know that is ready-made now because of locked in I won't call it lockdown because <laughs> locking down, locking. I call it locking in you know it's made people to go back to to describe to square one to say what can I do making bread doing all sorts of things yes nature is is evolving every day Thank you very much. Hi, my name's Paul. Um, I was just demonstrating part of my relationship with nature by sneezing. <laughs> I get hay fever. <laughs> it's trees that make me sneeze and grass. Um, I love being in nature and I love the fact that the place where I'm living at the moment is right next to, uh, to a park. I can look out the window um, through an oak tree and I love seeing the, uh, the squirrels running around in the tree eating it and the magpies fighting with the crows um, and sometimes uh, uh, crows attacking a, a fox or fox cubs playing with each other uh, and um, playing with the bushes and things like that. So nature is also red and tooth and claw. It's not just the pretty thing to look at. But I really find that being in the natural world is very important for me. Um, the fact that I'm living right next to a park helps a great deal, but I like to go and meditate in the garden, in, in, um, in nature. Um, but um, I like to go and find truly wild land that humans haven't shaped, because it feels more solid to me. And um, so I haven't been doing much of that for a while. But being next to a park, it's great. Hi, my name is Wendy. Um, 
and it looks as if there are lots of parks in London because I too am living very near to a very large park which I seldom use um, it's a case of you know it's there it's like being a tourist you very seldom go to all the tourist attraction but you sit with it right next to you <laughs> Um, but when I'm able to go out, I do try and enjoy the green space. Um, the summer, however, is difficult for me because I too suffer from um, hay fever. And it gets really bad because I also get double with conjunctivitis. And then I have to start treating it as if I have the flu. Otherwise, the next day I will definitely have the flu. So I love nature, but sometimes it feels very much like nature doesn't love me. But I continue to persevere and I'm enjoying being around this absolutely beautiful green space in the center, in one of the center of London. And I didn't know it existed and it was, it shame on me because I could have benefited from this place for many more years had I known it was here. But now that I know it's here, um, I hope to visit some more with my friend, Anthony. <laughs> I met his friend, Anthony, and we both live in South London, they're not together. But um, now I discovered really in the last year or so, about a year ago, I would wake up sometimes very early and I would get up and I would hear the dawn chorus in South London, which really surprised me. And it's a wonderful sound, the dawn chorus. And apart from the dawn chorus, I, I've heard birds everywhere. If I'm sitting in a quiet place in a park or in the countryside, I hear birds. And what I really want to do is to learn how to name birds when I see a bird, because I don't know many birds. But even more, I want to name a bird when I hear a bird, because there are so many wonderful sounds. I can just about identify a cuckoo, and I can just about identify a wood pigeon, I think. But all the other birds are still a mystery to me at the moment. Thank you. Um, Donald, I can see you're writing some notes. Have you got uh, something you'd like to add to whatever anyone has, has said? Here. My notes are two things. I wanted Wendy and Paul to name their parks. Since we're talking about naming, Anthony, just to know, because I said I, I, you know, I said Finsbury Park, and I'm, I'm a oh, big right. advocate. What are your two, What are your parks? Burgess Park. Burgess Park and um, <coughs> Honor Oak Park, oh. which is a bit further south from Burgess yeah. Park. So actually, I know Burgess Park because I cycle through it uh, many times a week. So uh, it's, a, it's, it's a really nice place to be. I, I just think since I've never been to either, now I know two other places I maybe down. need to go to. Yeah. Mm. But what, what I was um, uh, jotting down, because I can't keep track of all the stuff going through my mind, is, <laughs> is times when I've been in nature and uh, have felt very rewarded or, or I've, I've felt it's indifferent to my plight, but that's okay. So I, I walked along the Cornish coast a couple of years ago uh, long, long walk that I underestimated the amount of time and uh, darkness was falling and I was going down a path that was leading me uh, into places that were mucky and uncertain and I felt a bit of panic but then I trusted my own instincts and found the right way but I love that experience of feeling lost as an urban dweller yeah. to, mm -hmm. to be lost in nature and the other 
time is when, when I uh, did the Vendange, the grape picking in south, southern France in a family vineyard. Ooh. And uh, the beauty of that experience, the treasure of pull, uh, 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 drawing back the curtain of the leaves and finding the grapes hanging there in, in the dewy morning. And uh, later uh, uh, got uh, slightly inebriated because not only did we have wine, chocolate and bread for breakfast in the field, <laughs> But lunch was more wine, and I remember sitting beneath the fig tree and, and the, the ripe figs beneath my bottom in the dappling light through the trees and just feeling uh, how much I loved being right where I was doing manual labor with the earth. Only as a guest for a week, you know, actually treated in quite a privileged way, but it was a privilege to be there. Thanks, Donald. Has anyone else had that kind of experience where you're actually having to work the land? Because we're all city dwellers here, so um, Paul. I went to stay in an, um, in an eco-community towards the south of France. Um, yeah. And a, a when I first arrived, it was intended to be for a week. And I spent the week um, harvesting... Um, in the vegetable plots and herbs and things like that and digging through the vegetable patches and um, preparing um, some new patches and, and planting them. But I, I wasn't there during a cycle, but I was involved in harvesting um, and preparing for a new crop and I really enjoyed that. Also the fact that I was having to speak in French all the time, which was actually very good for me. How, how is your French now? Um, well, it... I haven't needed to speak much French for a while, but by the, um, by the time I left, I think I'd been in France and speaking only in French for about six weeks, and I became quite fluent. Um, and um, uh, I was traveling through Normandy and fell into conversation with a French couple for a, a while, and they were quite surprised. Um, when I said, actually, I'm English, it's not my first language. Um, well, that's a compliment. It was, yes. Yeah. Um, um, so, if I have to speak for a while, then I will become quite fluent. But uh, it takes a while to get back into it. Thanks, Paul. Um, Charles, have you been growing? What have you been growing? Uh, not at the moment, but I just have to discover some few plants. Growing girls, just talk about that. I'm interested to look some 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 plants and flowers. Mm -hmm. They're very sort of exotic, actually, and very spiritual. And um, they're healing, like healing balms. I notice if I go certain in the evening time to water them, I feel some sort of impact. Oh, so there's something that's coming from the. Exactly, it's lovely. And um, I'm thinking of because I've got a big garden. I've got some birds. When I was growing up, I had canaries. You so had canaries when exactly, you were growing. Exactly. So up. that's what I've much more. But for example, I've discovered one of the stores now. They're doing some lovely wines, grape wines, which I love actually. So I'm just going to be get, get a carton for the um, summer, and because it's Euro time now, so I'm um, lovely, and it's very so healthy actually, healthy drinking. <laughs> healthy drinking, yeah, lovely. in front of the football. <laughs> Excellent. Can I say something? Yeah. Me? Yeah, what go for it. We're part of nature. Yes. No, but we're not part. We are full nature. Some and, of us. And we have some. Um, we have a, a biome within a us of bacteria. Um, what are we talking about? This We're year? talking about our relationship with plants and nature and the outdoors and all these things. So tell us, when you were growing up, 
Did you have lots of nature around you when you were a little girl? Yeah, but we don't have time to look for nature. We were too busy going to all the fields to bring... Our head was like this. Little girl, we bought a four, three. You had to carry coconut. You have to carry this half of it. You drop in the water, drop in the day, and then we run to the river. Start swimming like little, little um, goats and whatever. I don't... Well, you see, not because you grew up some... you, you are from, it doesn't mean that you actually are into those things, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, so you've always been a bit of a city person. You, you don't... You... Mix up, mix up. Mm-hmm. Like a mix up. Not really a city city. Because, you know, when you go in a cr- country area, there's too many things to see apart from nature. What are you going to see? Like, what? What, what's what about beautiful trees? Yeah, but we go in the bush, jungle bush. You understand? And when I came a little girl here, I still grew up in the jungle bush. So I've all stopped the life, man. Shut up, man. You're sick. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we, are, we grew up in the jungle bush. You know, I get it. Oh my God. I get it off the window. What do you look at? Tree, trees everywhere. And whatever, not. And then everywhere, we, I don't know, but I grew up. Um, like I grew up a bit in Scotland and other places. Yeah. So everywhere I everywhere I see, yeah, everywhere I see, it's like it's all nature and nature, right? You can't recognize the special qualities or the beauty or or any. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but I'm so busy now worrying about people who want to scratch anything. That's the, that nature I'm looking about now. More important than all the trees and all the grass and all the things running around the place. So now I'm into the deeper part. I'm into the most important and deeper areas. More so, than just more tree and tree and that kind of tree and that kind of tree. Maybe probably I am not. Maybe probably I didn't. I don't take the notice of all this. So you're you're craving you're craving human connection now. That's that's what you're uh, craving. Like, you, what is that? Hum, it's human. like human. You you want to connect with human beings rather human than nature. Yes, man. Yes, yeah. We're talking about nature. Come and if you got any anyway, you ain't got no go away. Yeah. Um, yeah. About more like with people. Mm. Yes. Some people they enjoy the nature. They enjoy watching things. They enjoy walking up and down in the park. Looking at little flowers. Oh, that's lovely. That's nice. That's lovely. Oh, yeah. I wish I had that at home. Things like this, right? But when it comes to that area, I'm more like the people. Yeah. And to see what the natures are in people. So, is that, Pauline, is that what you've really been missing while we've? Is the connection with. I mean, we've all been missing that, right? That, without a doubt. But some people have been more. ease with being Naturized. more isolated and, and getting in touch with nature and some people have really well, been see, craving come, that human Come here connection. Stephen, we're talking about nature, have you got any? Go away. Okay, I'm going to interrupt. Yeah, yes, go for it. And I'm going to say, yeah. Yeah. I can understand actually spending time with people and sometimes maybe taking it for granted nature because I think, I don't know, during this time I live in a flat so for me I know I have parks nearby, but it's really reinforced like getting out and actually just actually being in nature again. What I've really missed is beach walks because I love to go to the seaside. The seaside is my favourite place, anywhere where the ocean is actually, anywhere. Um, 
and I've missed doing that in my photography actually because I just like to disappear for hours so I think a lot of the time we're with people but I don't know for me this time has been really good just being away from people and just reconnecting with nature reconnecting with myself actually um, and just slowing down so yeah, yeah well, that's my yeah, I think there's all different types. In my yard, it's nature. There's a lot of things in there, right? But if I do disappear, like some people like to go to the park and look. But when I go to the park, I study things, which is a great thing to have. You study. You study what's going on. You see more. You've got more horizon more. It's just like we're around people all the time. Right, because people are a bit of a nature as well, right? Because we're not going to see each other every day, every minute, or every hour, what's so. Because I live in the park. We're not living in the park. But I grew up in parks, a lot of parks and, and things, right? But then, at the end, you see, you could go home, you could look, 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 and you draw things. I think that, that was an interesting point that Hyacinth brought up, that sometimes... There's, there's, a, there's an interesting connection that seems to happen that to, be in, to get in touch with yourself, it almost feels like you need to connect with the natural world more to kind of bring it in. And I wonder if those two things are as connected as we think or is that something that we're kind of, we've started to think about more recently or is it, has it always been the case that in order to connect with yourself, you kind of have to connect with the natural world around you? I think part of it is because we're so busy um, with our activities and with our um, thoughts and things that we're doing in our heads that one of the ways of getting out of the activity, the busyness, the buzziness, the heady stuff is to go into um, a completely different environment. And if it's also beautiful, that helps us get out of our thinking mind in appreciation of what we can see and what we can connect with. And so part of the importance of being in nature is actually to let go and be in a, a more receiving space um, so that we can appreciate the nature and also then be more in tune with ourself because it's reflected in how we respond to the natural environment around us and so it actually is very therapeutic I think for people to spend time out of the human environment but um, I notice in myself that um, I can enjoy a park but um, a place that is what I call wildland um, works a lot better for me than um, than something that has plants in it but is very designed and controlled by humans so I, I made up the term wildland to, to reflect that. So what is it about the, the sort of wildness that kind of connects with you more? Well, um, the, uh, I suppose one of the, uh, the greatest contrasts would be b between a place like Kew Garden, which is uh, totally controlled. Everything in Kew Gardens is controlled in some form or another. So that there are plants, but they're um, under very firm human control. And the opposite extreme would be um, something that's totally wild, that the plants have seeded themselves, nobody's tried to prune them or trim them or weed them or anything. It's just the natural place with whatever um, 
plants are there, whatever animals are, are there, and they do their own thing without any influence by humans. We just pass through as another creature. I think that's an interesting point, what we can't control as well. And, and just when nature just does its thing and we have no control over it and there's, there's a kind of submission, I guess, that happens that humans can't control everything and we're not always, like, you know, creating order. Things are happening around us. So, um, Antonio, have you got anything you'd like to add to that? I put you on the spot, but... <laughs> Well, I, I agree with what the gentleman said that, you know, uh, where it's controlled, you can see how orderly it is. But it's more interesting when you just see wildlife just growing. You see roses or, or flowers just growing wildly. And you look at it, the beauty of it, nobody is controlling it. And they live in, in, in you know, uh, they cohabit with other and natural things like squirrel running around, you know, beetles on the ground. You just, you just amaze what 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 is going on. That and it's it's not controlled. It's just nature itself just doing its own thing. Right, and I I love that very much. I love that. And on when I look through my window. It's funny, years back, 40-something years back, I used to bring my son to play on the field that is right in front of, the field that is right in front of me to play football. Now, he's 40-something years of age, and I, I live in front of this field now, and I see what people do with this space. They just come, they pay, play cricket, Little ones come to do football in the, in the morning. and around it there are hundreds of trees around this park, and I can just and it gives me peace, peace of mind. I look at across the road there is a big uh, what do you call it, Libridge Road. It's so big that you see cars going on, and this this field this park is in front of me, and I'm saying. It's like it cocoons me in. It, it makes me feel at ease, at peace, that all that that is going on out there, it cannot touch me because of what is in front of me. That's how I see it. it, it we don't need uh, the maker to, to help him to do anything because it's there. It just masterizes itself every time. If you look, you will find. I, I'm, 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 maybe I come from uh, a country where, you know, you would, in the Western world we say we are, we are not civilized. The natural thing just come easy to us, like just going and picking apples or whatever when I was young and go to somebody's garden and they chase you out or something like that. That reminds me of, you know, yes, <laughs> you know, you just, you just do the things. Like you, you see, and they will chase you, I will tell your mom of you this, blah, 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 and you got a, a clip in the air or something, but you still do it again. Just to say it's there, let me just block it. Yeah. Uh, it's beauty. We, we're spoiling so many things, but 
we still have a lot to be thankful for. Lucia, you mentioned control, and, and uh, it made me think about uh, the force and the power of nature. Uh, I have a memory from 1967, grew up in Minneapolis. It's tornado country, and I have this attraction and fear still of windstorms, and it's probably most manifest in a memory of being 10 years old and my mother was driving with um, me and my um, eight years younger nephew in the in the back seat and suddenly this storm arose that we saw uh, uh, building and uh, she had to stop uh, because she literally couldn't it was not visible how to move forward and the car was ro rocking and the rain was pelting down and uh, she was praying, you know, grew up Catholic, she was praying in the front seat and I was lying on top of my nephew in the back trying to protect him. And it was absolutely frightening, but, but also in some maybe retrospective way, uh, I, I respect the memory of that storm, its fierceness, its power to destroy. We heard trees uh, being uprooted and falling down around us, you know, we could have been killed if we were under a tree. I don't, we, luckily we weren't. But that power and that force was absolutely beyond control. And it's what I also love about the surf, and especially a wild pounding surf. It's so, it's so itself that it's humbling. And that sense of being humbled by nature is, for me, very seductive. Uh, it's a complicated thing, but part of it is I'm drawn to it, and I just have to observe it and and you know be grateful for it. Your recollection of the storm made me think of something that I experienced a few years ago. Um, I was traveling by motorbike from London to Leicester, and I was passing through countryside, and I noticed in the distance off to my left, there was an incredibly dark, dense cloud low over the ground. And there were lightning flashes going from the ground, bang, 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 just continuously like that, really bright, from this really low cloud that was amazingly dense. And a bit later, I suddenly noticed, oh, the road had turned around to the left, and it had taken me I suddenly realized that I was actually riding this motorbike into the strike zone. And but when I realized that I was actually suddenly being taken into the strike zone as it was happening. And I had to make a decision. Am I going to keep going or am I going to stop and try and turn around to get away from the strike zone? By then it was too late. The quickest way out away from the strike zone was simply to go through it. And it was dark like light uh, like night except for every moment every half second there was another lightning strike and it was brighter than day and it was bang the, the, just all around me that it, the, the the strikes were actually um, shoving my head from side to side it was so powerful and I didn't have um, a moment to be frightened because I could have been killed by one of these strikes but all I could do was say well keep going and maybe I'll come out the other side and I did. Whew. But this is nature, totally raw. It's not living, but it is the power of nature. It was raining at the time, and I just thought the, the, the safest thing to do is just to keep going. And it, the, the, the smell of ozone in the air was just amazing. Um, well, and it, with each smell? strike, it was brighter than daylight. 
what does ozone smell? I, 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 I've never heard that expression before. What, what does, what does, what, what's, how can you um, describe that? Ozone is, it's a form of oxygen which you, the one way of smelling it is if there's a lot of electrical sparking going on and there will be ozone. So if you've got an electric motor with brushes on it and that's, that's working away, um, then you'll smell ozone. I think sometimes we talk about the beauty of nature, like where we're sitting now, um, the beach. When we stress, we're always told to think of something. And most of the thing you think about is something from nature, a calm beach, water, you know, at waterfall, flowers, anywhere that would take you back from your stress into something peaceful. But we very seldom think of the, the scary part of nature. Because as um, Paul was talking, I recall when I was going to, uh, coming back from Montreal one year. And I think that was one of the scariest time I've experienced nature because um, the plane was late coming to pick us up in Montreal and it was winter time and we got on the plane and the captain in his wisdom says um, we were late because there was all this snow in England and so um, he says but never mind we'll try and make up some time and everybody kind of look at each other and thinking it is so the snow is so fierce what do you mean you're gonna make up time well and then he said to us at one stage, it looks as if we've been embraced with the, um, with the eye in the eye of the storm and we're in the middle of it now. So we can't go right, we can't go left, we can't go back or we can't go forward. So we're going to have to ride it out. And it was like, I don't know if anybody experienced where the plane dropped. It feels like it dropped and there was nothing under you. And then... Um, cups and plates and the overhead locker everything went and he asked the um, stewardess to sit down and brace themselves um, and then he says and I think that was the worst thing he could have said he says don't worry ladies and gentlemen I've put in a mayday so they will know where we are and I think he was can you imagine I think you need to do a psychology course because by saying that people started to scream yes there was and and if anybody you know like when people say to you I know you better than you know yourself I always think that's a crap statement because if somebody who knew me thought I in a, in an event like this I would have been screaming and running around well what happened was that I when he said that I just say a prayer shut my eye and that was it and my friend sitting next to me Wendy 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 um, he says we could have any amount of alcohol we want so we just grab from well so she so I says I am a migraine sufferer I am not gonna drink because he's gonna trigger a migraine and if we survive I would have a mic so she goes well if we go in down I'm going drunk and that makes me think of the flip side when when you're in situations similar to what we've just been describing mm -hmm. on some level because it's beyond control you mm -hmm. have to surrender to it yeah so mm -hmm. maybe and I, I just love that idea mm -hmm. of being embraced by the thing you can't control mm. yeah yeah there's that that's an interesting kind of direction where you're surrendering to nature mm. and you're right we've been thinking about the kind of beauty and the the, the great sort of things that it does to our mental health and our mm. well-being but then yes 
there's the you know it's, it's flip side. It, there is mm. a flip side mm. and you know and and again it's it's about that kind of submitting that we can't always control it mm. you know we're still talking about nature don't we we're still talking about nature yes well you see when you've got you know in the home right when you're in the home and you've got loads of loads of beautiful plants in the home that is all nature as well now all these sort of green plants not your colorful plants greenery all these plants what's in the home is also clear a lot of the hair because it cleans you especially at nights when you're relaxing people don't realize and all these things as well apart from outside door and parks and that so because in the home it's like you've got a park already you're, you're making up a park you're making up a like a watery in the home as well so while you're laying down or you're going to bed or so all that greenery you understand all that greenery is that it's cleaned you all up because it's cleaning all the hair and then you could stand up and you could look at one of them. You don't have to talk to them, but look at one of them. And then your mind starts to become intact. Because it's just like how we talk to the things, they talk back to us as well. And when they start to get flourish, right, your body temperature, you understand, like you don't have to walk, you could walk, you walk, you walk, you treat them as well. But your body temperature and the person who you are is also help those flourishing things. While they flourish, you'll flourish also. And if you find those all these greenery, what's in the home, does not operate and does not do nothing, it's like vibration as well. You'll find that something is wrong around your lifestyle. Yeah, and something is happening around your lifestyle. So now all the greenery, what's in the home, you understand? It gives such a it gives such a shock to you. If you notice, with little children, when little children come around there, you understand, you'll see them stand up near it because they know what they're looking for from these things. So sometimes we, we haven't got to go out of our way right and to inherit like the plants all over the place and the nature and the seafront all those things are in front of you right but a lot of people do not realize that and they don't uh, think about these things as well but i think so, that's why this topic was was relevant because i think people because they've been in their homes so much recently have have sort of started to realize how important having greenery in the home and Actually, I think people have started to build a... Rela I've, you know, I know people that talk to their plants. I, I thought it was, that was beautiful what you said, absolutely beautiful. And, and my little story, in my kitchen, my own domestic environment, I bought two reduced-to-clear mint plants, and they're on the shelf. They're thriving. I, I said to those plants, Pauline, a couple of days ago, I said, I just said, I love you. I just said, I love you to these plants. And so what? But I do love them. I love that they're there. And and I feel on some level, they're 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 responding to me. I give them they're giving me love back, and I just wanted to say it. So and I think it's going to help them grow better, and it's going to help me grow better. Especially spider plants and the lemon plants, and the, the other one they call something mother-in-law or whatever. You see, so now you know these because there's this um, superintendents came to my house, 
And he said, oh, can I have some? I said, you could take as much as you want. Yeah, because I'll always cut them down and throw them away. Yes, you can, right? And he said, from the minute I walk into your home, it's like I don't need seaside. I don't really need going around looking for nature because I could feel it from the home. I could feel the vibration of what's happening because you as a person, you understand, it's also helped to regenerate the plant because they're doing it for you, you're doing it. Do you understand? It's that exchange of energy, right? Of, yeah. of, of living things. It's the exchange of energy between living things. Thank you, Pauline. You know, I when when Prince Charles used to say he talks to his plan and they thought he's Dulali and all the rest of it. Now we know that he is not Dulali. He is really we got somebody who is ready to be king I, I think you know because his ways you know people think oh he's crazy why is he talking to plants because they have something to give us the everything is reciprocal you know you you give and it, somebody gives back to you nature is forever giving back something to us but somebody mentioned about the the enormity of the power that nature has. You know, when I go on seaside tours or something like that, I don't go with people looking at museums and things. I just sit on the beach, just looking the vastness of this water that I cannot see the end of it. And I'm saying, wow, you know, with all the technology and everything that people are doing, the advancement we have, there are still things that we cannot conquer. We can never, never conquer because nature just brings new things that you will say, wow. Yeah. When you look at discovery, when they show something on telly, you say, is this, where is this place? You just, it transports you to the place and it gives you something so extraordinary. So, you know, when, human beings thinks we have arrived and we've done something so, you know, uh, in, in terms of science, in terms of yeah. technology, we haven't seen anything because we will never be able to see the end of what nature can give and how, how terrifying it can be. How terrifying it can be. You talk of tornado, I'm, I'm saying how, and you see houses being uprooted, just like that, you know, and human beings couldn't, they, they couldn't do anything, say, even save their lives. So we should respect nature, actually. Give it more, you know, credence, give it more that it, something is beyond our control, like you said, you know, and it, it makes me to be in awe all the time. There was um, one time uh, about 40 years ago um, there was an amazing rainstorm that I was in and it there's a term that we use in English it was stair rodding down. Later I heard that there'd been 20 inches of rain in 24 hours. That's a lot. Um, and uh, there was um, the, the house I was living in was on the edge of a valley and um, the the ground below the house actually slid away and um, I watched a nearby house slide down the valley 
down into the bottom. It just uh, it was basically an intact building, and there it was, just sort of gently sliding down the hill. And um, that that house and a, and a neighbouring one were, were destroyed. There were about 20 houses in in this town of about 130,000 people. About 20 houses ha had this happen to them that they just sort of the ground underneath them collapsed. But that was one heck of a rainstorm, and th there was flooding all over the place. There's climate change and environmental That's issues exactly and all that stuff. That's exactly what I was about to. And, uh, and I'm say. not I'm not a hugely informed activist, but. I would like to be, and I, I wa always want to know more and do more and figure out what can, you know, little old me do to make things better. And, and I just sort of throw that out because I think it's pretty, pretty yeah, relevant. It is. And I was, I was going to say, we've just had the G7 in, in uh, Cornwall and there's been d d discussions about, you know, exactly human beings' relationship with nature and, and, and the impact that you know our behavior is having on the natural environment so i just wanted to see if anyone had been following that and has any thoughts about w what's been going on and and nature because i do my bit little old me by wearing one of the not the disposable mask but the one that you could wash because there, there was a documentary program several months ago into the pandemic that showed the mask, the, 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 the mountain of mask that's being disposed. And it's not being disposed over here. It's being disposed in, in areas where you could um, make a deal with the government who wouldn't accept all this. And you have all of these things in the um, Seabourn um, um, lives like you know um, alligators or um, or whatever uh, other big fish in the sea and they're the ones that's eating or swallowing these things and the plastic in all of their bodies and we, we end up getting to eat those and you know once upon a time we will hear that it's good to have fish because it's good for you but what's in the fish Yes, right. Particles. Yeah, and that's what's happening in our body. So we already know the impact of not, not um, being one with nature. We're not deliberately doing it, but we are fighting against nature. We think we've become very civilized and very technological, and we're in the fast lane and in the in this is the way wor the world is. But we we forget to balance it off with nature. And at the moment, nature is fighting back. And I didn't hear anything on the G7 that says they were gonna do anything different. Religiously, it was Adam Eve that caused all these problems. If they are living instead of derailed from the path of rectitude, path of righteousness, we would have been this mess. Mm. But the thing is, let's just take it simply. We have to educate one another in all these climate issues. We have to do our beats accordingly. Mm -hmm. It's just little things do count at all, at all times. I was watching a documentary the other day. It was to do with these um, polar bears. They were sort of moving from the um, environmental areas they were at, and the the the, um, the glaciers were throwing away. So I said, myself, what's going to happen to this pair, um, these um, these animals?" But the nature will take its course accordingly. He has, you know, he has places and time for everything. But we, what you have to do now, at this, at this is the intended of time, we have to educate one another from the, from the, from the, from the scratch, and the sky's the limit.
That's what I can say. I, I don't know if the sky's the limit because I think we're actually seeing what the limits are now and, and the things that we have been doing to... We have to sort of try. If we can just educate one another from the scratch, then the sky's the limit. No doubt about that. To pick up on that, Charles, maybe um, it's, it's not about controlling nature, it's about controlling ourselves. Yeah. That's the control that, that we can exert. One of the that I would uh, draw attention to is that um, there have been a number of um, epidemics which are actually, well, for example, the SARS e epidemic that nearly got away, Ebola um, that breaks out periodically, and of course, COVID. This is nature, in fact. This is bacteria um, that are um, constantly evolving and periodically there's an outbreak that affects humans. My, my partner keeps on saying um, that, that uh, um, COVID-19 is, is another example of, of nature. There are too many of us, so it's, it's a depopulation mechanism of nature. I don't know, but you're going to say something. Well, there's a little thing behind what Paul was saying, not, ex not the same as what he's saying, right? You see, people who work in like medical field, I've done it for so many years. There's so many type of thing what goes on behind the, the doors, whatever. What many people do not know what's going on. Well, I've got a niece, right? She works a part time in the hospital. She sees a lot of things what's happening, but she doesn't talk, right? The the mother, which is a sister of mine. They don't talk. Sometimes they cry because they cry to see what's happening. That these people, they're all bright and strong people. But when they go in there, it's like, oh my God, they're not coming back out again. So no, there's a lot of things what's um, not really because um, I was sitting with some people and then they said like when they used to have um, many years ago, they used to have these things what goes up, like a plane goes up in the air or so. And they used to spray everywhere. They spray to um, spray to remove infection, not infection, all, all disease, whatever. But now because they don't do a lot of these things now, and they've got eight, is it 800 billion people on the earth. So they want to get rid of at least 300 people, 300, is it 300 billion off the earth? I think but you got your numbers a little bit. High? A bit high. A bit. The human population is around 7 billion. People, I am so sorry if you're listening to me. I'm very sorry. I will take it back, all right? So if you know, you can put your little bits in. Right. So it making each per it doesn't matter what we're going to say, a lot of us. It's just making us confused in our mind. But as we're going to say now, we are the one have to look forward and to see what we can grasp from it. If we want to write it down, we write it down. Right? Because I would like to say something, what is shown to me, and I write it down from last year when it, these things first started. It started like 2019. But then when it comes to 2020, when it takes over everything, right? I see so much of it and I record it and I write it all down. But I don't feel 
I could show it to anyone or talk to anyone about it. Thank, thanks, Pauline. Actually, just to... You, they will knock me out. They will knock me out. You've, in, you've, inspired, you've, you've, me out. you've inspired me for a final question because we need to end. Because I haven't seen... There's some new people here, but um, for the, the old guard of Parallel Radio, I haven't seen you for a year. So I'd like to know um, from each of you, what you what, what's been your biggest learning from this year? Because it's been quite a year for most of us. So what have you learned this year? It could be something tiny, it could be something massive. Donald, go on. Uh, what have I learned? Um, uh, possibly that... Uh, for me, uh, the being a creative human being is a survival mechanism, and if I didn't have that, I maybe wouldn't be here. Uh, so I, I hang on to that. Can I just say one other thing? I'm going to take this coffee, uh, this paper cup home, and use it until it disintegrates, because that's the sort of crazy stuff I do, so that nothing has single use and disposability. I'm, I'm rather against disposab instant disposability. So that's my little you know, humble or silly or what, what not bit, bid to, to save the planet. I, I mean, I'm, I'm mocking myself, but I'm also, I've got to, I'm sort of obsessed with doing, doing these things. So I'm taking mine home, folks. So Hyacinth, what have you learned? Um, I think um, what I've learned, I don't know, what I've learned is just uh, actually so similar to, um, oh my God, my brain, sorry. I get so Donald. easily distracted. <laughs> it's so similar to Donald, actually. It's just, um, yeah, the creative things have been keeping me going this year. It's actually um, just to slow down, because I think I was on, like, such a fast hamster wheel I really didn't realise until I had to stop. And then it's actually knowing I don't want to go back to that kind of pace of living, actually. Um, yeah, that's what I've really learned just that and not taking the small things for granted anymore I think like a lot of us Charles what have you learned this year the basic things actually for example recycling yep it's very essential now that we should recycle everything that we have because we've got different categories of um, cartons and um, cubicles and so on and so forth we arrange them in different places I think government is going to pass a law now saying if you don't do things accordingly you're going to be fined 1000 or something that comes very handy, actually. Antonia, what have you learned this year? What Hyacinth just said resonates with me, uh, that we take things for granted. I, I think I've whittled down so many things out of my, that I used to do, running helter-skelter, you know, doing all the things, and whom am I trying to please? Now, it, the, the lock-in has made me to understand what is really important and to get the priorities right that no matter what at, at, at this stage of my life I do not need to prove any, to anybody even to children like say can you babysit I could say no sometime because I want some me time for my it, 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 it makes you to look inward to say what's the purpose of here it has to you know, it has to have an e eternal purpose. E you understand? As for me, now I know what is priority, what I should take in, and don't worry about what anybody else says. Not that I do not care, but it, 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 you, we will be accountable for what we have done. 
and, and that is really, really important to get priorities right. That's what I have learned from this lockdown. Paul, what have you learned this past year? Well, I think I've um, something I've gained from this year is I've had a, quite a, a lot of time to be still and to find a place of peace within myself. Um, and also, um, I've been learning to play the flute, which I've been enjoying very much. So I, I have various ways that I like to be creative. And uh, um, so I, I took up the flute and I'm, um, I'm having some online lessons. So that's also another good aspect of something that's come out of this year. Great. Wendy? Um, at the beginning of the lockdown, it was quite scary. Um, because that level of control that was put upon us at the beginning, it's not something we'd ever experience. And so the first time I had to go out after three days of being indoors, I was really, really scared. And as the lockdown went on, I went out from my flat and it was very serene and there was hardly any cars on the road. The, the air smelt fresh. And the one or two people you see on the street at the time or walking through the park, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was human nature at its best because we would smile at each other, although you couldn't really see because you had the mask. But you made eye contact with each other as you walked past. You don't do, we don't do that in the second lockdown. The cars are back on the road and everybody is in a rush. And there are arguments and, you know, people don't see any beauty anymore. We're, it's almost like we're all annoyed with each other. And there are more, um, um, what do you call it, um, you know, all this... Um, what is the word I'm looking for? You know, you know the demonstration. There are more and more demonstrations happening. And it's like the community is fighting back against the government because it's showing more and more that we don't trust the government. And is the government in our own best interest when they put things forward? Are they doing it for us? Are they doing it for... I don't know, it's like corruptions are more and more now. So, yeah, we have to find some faith somewhere, but I don't know if it's going to come in the third lockdown or if it's going to come somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know. Thanks, Wendy. And Anthony, what, what have you learned this past year? I've learned to seize the day, to do what I can, while I can, <laughs> to do and not to dither. Life is too short, life is for living, life is not for being locked down. A day in lockdown is a day lost. Thank you. Final words from Anthony, and I think that's actually a very good place to end. Ah, that is true. Okay, Pauline, go on. If you don't want me to talk, I don't talk. What I've learned, you know what I've learned? From the beginning of a lockdown, I go out, I talk to people the same way. I said, believe, you'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. Nothing gonna happen. Just be strong. Eat your food and care yourself. I remember somebody else is out there for, with you. All right. Don't 
believe too much in what's going on. You understand? Because if you got the knowledge, the wisdom, and you're very sensible, you'll be fine. And then that's my lot, okay? That's me. Thank yes. you, yeah, Pauline. Lockdown, <laughs> lockdown, just go out. Just enjoy your life. It's one. Thanks, everyone.